Hey everybody, welcome back to the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. It is episode 144, Super Bowl week episode. Mm. We're on uh, Radio Row here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. We are rubbing shoulders with uh, Radio Elite. Mike Francesa just walked by. Uh, we're, we're meeting Bill Simmons later. Uh, what else is going on, Jake, in Atlanta this week? Well, we're here with Coach Belichick. and Oh, no, Coach. Ah. I think he mistook us for someone He's else. He's game planning. Uh, no, we are not on Radio Row. We're we are not. not in Atlanta, Georgia. We're in Manchester, New Hampshire, and we are a music podcast, Jake. Yep, it's a lot colder here than in Georgia, but what's not cold, Sean, are the takes we have <laughs> about music. <laughs> Coming up on this podcast. What oh, we have man. first, though, is a little bit of news. Ooh, a little news. Yeah. So Lay this, it on us, Jake. This is exciting for me, So, and for you, and for yeah, a lot of, of people. of course, of course. Not everyone. Um, we So, uh, Peter Jackson, director oh. of, of the famed Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings fame, slash The Hobbit yep. uh, trilogy. Which was... Can, off the top of your head, Jake, can you name each of the Hobbit film titles? Um, so... Th- uh, the second one's Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> Smaug also, Smaug. also, also. People say Smaug, right? Yes, they do. When did that start? I don't know. I, Smaug. I used to say, say Smaug. It now. So, uh, the first one's like a something journey. An unexpected journey. Don't remember the third one at all. Uh, Battle of Five Armies? Is that it? Sounds right. Yeah. All those movies were bad. Smog uh, was the best one. Yeah, it should have been one movie or not a movie at all. I didn't enjoy them. I we digress. Anyway, Jackson of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit fame. Yes, Peter Jackson. He <laughs> so coming off of a, a, a what I thought was really good. Uh, he directed um, a documentary about World War One called "They Shall Not Grow Old," in which he took grainy old and in some cases footage that was considered unusable, restored it. Made a sound, like sort of a soundtrack to it, fit audio to it. This whole it was a marvel of really like filmmaking. Yeah, movie magic. Really cool, right? Yeah, really cool movie. Uh, critically acclaimed. It was announced today uh, on the anniversary, the fiftieth anniversary of the Beatles rooftop concert at Savile Row at mm. Apple. Um, that Peter Jackson is going to be making a restored he's gonna be doing the same treatment to 55 plus hours worth of or taking that much footage 55 hours worth of footage and restoring some of it into a movie um of of basically the let it be sessions and this is amazing news jake i this is this is like on another level i think like a couple years ago when we did yet another beatles deep dive and got obsessed with them for the umpteenth time in our lives yeah yeah I think I remember us talking about oh, there's leftover Let It Be footage. Like, who's gonna do something with that? This is amazing. It just it, it makes me so happy that it's in cap- these capable hands. Yes. Like the restored footage. It's like I was getting so excited earlier, I could barely think. Jake, what's more important? Do you think on a cultural historical scale, is it this Beatles footage coming to like seeing the light of day, or is it? The World War One footage that got its due. What, what do you think? What's more significant is the World War One. footage. Are you footage. sure? Yeah, I Okay, am. okay. I mean, okay. what's more important to me, frankly, is the Beatles footage. <laughs> okay. That's what's fair more exciting enough, to fair me. Enough, like, fair enough, fair enough. But this sounds really interesting. So Peter Jackson uh, had a couple quotes about it, and he said that um, it'll be like a fly-on-the-wall experience that Beatles fans have long dreamt about. 
it's like a time machine transports us back to 1969 and we get to sit in the studio watching these four friends make great music together. How about how about that quote from Peter Jackson? Love like, it. oh, could I be more poetic with what I'm saying here? Very poetic. Uh, also, how about the fact that this dude gets to sift through this treasure trove of footage? Oh my god. He knows more about the Beatles than anyone now. Does he though? He know he ha- because of this Does he, he know more than you? Probably. I mean like he knows what I'm saying is he's seen things about the Beatles that like Almost no one else has, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least yeah. from this, this part no, of the You're history. not talking like... No, I, I, I don't okay. mean in terms of like a historian. Okay. I did start listening to this podcast called Something About the Beatles. Okay. And it's like, dude, <laughs> these guys who run this show are like nerdy to a degree that even I am scoffing sometimes. Really? Yeah, because they're like... They take it like... 10% too seriously. Is it a lot of, well, actually, John Lennon said this. They'll be like, oh, yeah, on that one, you know, John was playing his, he wasn't playing the Epiphone, he was playing the, like, oh, the this guitar. Jesus. And, like, you can tell that on that they weren't using their Vox wow. amps and shit. Like, these guys are, like, real. Even John Lennon would be like, shut the fuck up. They, he would. And when they have musicians on, they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, that's why you guys are there, to remember that <laughs> stuff. Like, we don't remember that. Besides that, right. so um, what I thought was really interesting is that the you know the Let It Be sessions, the film. Have you ever watched the original film? By oh one? yeah, very so, interesting. The film and strung the, out John Lennon, strung out John Lennon, overeager Paul. Oh my god, sort of like Ringo's just like haha, walking on eggshells, right. and George is like I want to be anywhere but George here. is being kind of a dick. Yeah, but like I get it, yeah. I get it because it's like you've been the you've been the the middle child in yeah, this in this yeah, family for relate. years now, yeah. and you've matured. But anyways, um, what Peter Jackson has said is that he said, quote, I was relieved to discover the reality is very different to the myth. Sure, there's moments of drama, but none of the discord this project has long been associated with. Watching John, Paul, George, and Ringo work together, creating now classic songs from stretch is not only fascinating, it's funny, uplifting, and surprisingly intimate. Mm. Um, I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited for this. Like, there's nothing more... Like, what, what, if you could think of, like, what would be... The only thing I could think of is if it was, like, the Revolver Sessions or something. Yeah. Oh, man. If, but there's that will never happen. No. There's no footage of that. We got to take what we can get here. And I will take the Let It Be Sessions. Because that is... Weirdly, no. I would say that's more interesting. Because the all we hear about Let It Be is, oh, they hated each other. Oh, it contributed to them breaking up. I like... That Peter Jackson said this. Doing a little myth busting. Exactly. Exactly. So I really like that. I hope most of the footage is new. I feel like it will. Like, I'm sure they'll have to show some token shots that are famous from the original. Yeah. But it'll be cool to see how much new footage there is. Yeah, no, I am very excited for this. This is great news. This came, this came out today. This today, was yeah. announced. And today is the 50th anniversary of the rooftop concert, which sure. is Another just fucking iconic moment. So Super cool. Jake, I want to ask you about this because when you or I or others bring up the Beatles in yep. a positive yeah, yeah, yeah. context, uh, like for example, you shared this today with our group of friends and we got a little bit of pushback. Please walk me through what that experience is like when you as the passionate Beatles fan that you are, myself being the same... What what's that like when you bring up something about the Beatles? Well, I think what I've I've come to is that I'm post trying to defend them anymore. Yeah, because it's like it, at a certain point, it's we were talking about the Patriots in the pre-show. It's kind of like defending something like that, like this institution of right. something that is just sustainedly sustained great and like proven great over yeah whatever decades. And like the Beatles, generation after generation, prove that like they continue to make fans. Like yep. there's something really special about them. So when I shared this in Slack, and people were like. 
I don't care about the Beatles. I'm indifferent. It, I, I am sort of like at the point where I'm not even going to, I don't even argue it anymore because there's really, there's no use in doing that. And it's like, you're kind of objectively wrong. Well, I know you can't be because it's an opinion, but it's like someone being like, oh, The Godfather is not a good movie. It's like, well, no, you're just wrong. Well, it's like, I so, yeah, right. Well, it's like, if and, and again, like no one was like, I hate The Beatles. But like some people will say that shit, and yeah. it's like it just is always they they have a they're trying to make a point, and it's yeah I, it's see through. And like what I and what sucks is that there's no it's a conversation ender at this right. point because I'm not gonna fight it anymore because I know how annoying that is. But at the same time, what I really want to say is like oh damn like have you listened to Rubber Soul? Have you listened to Revolver? Like because you might legitimately love those albums. Right, they're great. And like I guess the thing that bums me out is that they've been the Beatles have been so rammed down everyone's throats culturally to a point where even it annoys me sometimes yeah. where it's like because i just feel like it's too much sometimes right. it's like they, they're over commodified in a lot of ways and i get that but i think people given that fact overlook what they were as musicians and like what they were as a band and how cool they totally. were it, it just it, it more bums me out now than anything that it that that people don't care to see that really. or that there's like because of that there's this misperception out there that's like no you're not seeing the forest for the trees here nice little buzzword there you go now jake um let's dive into the hot thoughts here after we've talked how many episodes of this podcast have we mentioned and had a beatles discussion on what percentage oh, man the 40, 15 42 percent of them 25 okay. yeah yeah I, something like that a good amount let's dive into hot thoughts here because yeah, we actually have some we have some pretty big uh things to talk about one of them being the two new Vampire Weekend singles that came out this week. Yeah, this past is cool. Uh, Harmony Hall and 2021 were released. This feels like an A-side, B-side kind of release. I don't look at this as two A-side singles. No. A- am I crazy? Or is that kind no, of you're how not, this feels? I think that Harmony Hall is the A-side, but yeah. I, I think I kind of like listening to 2021 better a little bit. Um, Weirdly. Can I say something here? I trust This is a trust tree moment. I think I know what you're going to say. This is a trust tree moment. I've thought a lot about this, too. Mm-hmm. Now, originally, I was going to come in guns blazing on this podcast and be like, you know what? These songs aren't that great. I have g- gone back on that. I'm walking that opinion back because that's not right. That's not true. These are really good songs. I think my issue is there's a weird subconscious part of me that thinks it would be more interesting if these songs weren't good and that a narrative started around this that like Ooh, maybe this is going to be a miss from Vampire Weekend. Huh. I love this band, love all of their albums, am rooting for them, but there's this weird part of me that like wants to stir shit up because I think at this point now, nine years, no, over a decade of sustained greatness, I'm just like, okay. It's like the Patriots. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, give me, like, can we talk about something besides how consistently good this band is? Sure, and f- yes, listeners of whom there are none, we are going to reference. <laughs> we are going to reference the Patriots in at least every discussion in this podcast. We probably, are. probably, we will. will. Whether it's again the Beatles or Vampire Weekend, yep. uh, analogies abound. <laughs> yeah, um, I know what you mean. I think that my, I understand like that take. It's not how I feel. For me, it's. I would like for them to be great. I don't think I'm in love with either one of these songs. Okay, thank you. Because I I can objectively say, yes, these are very good songs. These sound really good. I can't say either of them have really grabbed me 
I haven't wanted to listen to them over and over again. No, I've listened a handful of times and been like, okay, yeah, those are cool. I'm going to wait for the album to like, you know, listen to these more. Same here, actually. Same here. I listened to them again for the first time in a while today. Um, and I think that more and more of the sort of like jangly guitars on 2021 have been what's sticking out to me more than anything that's on Harmony Hall. I think the thing that's cool about Harmony Hall, and I do think it's a good song, I like the uh, the connections it's making to Diane Young from Modern Vampires of the City, that I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die. I am still sorting through how I feel about that. So, like, I don't, like, love it. I'm not, like, oh, I'm obsessed with the fact that they did that. I think it's, it's, it's kind of cool as a bridge from that album to this one to... Like, it's an album that's going to be 18 songs. If every True. single one was self-referential in some way, I think it's kind of a cool move to say, we have this new album coming out of all this new content, like, and it's been six years. Here's this one song that draws upon some of what was going on in that previous album. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for it to be the first single that comes out from it. But I, I think the other side of that coin is, well, you haven't released new music since 2013, and your first song that you put out is such a clear reference to the last music you put out. It even sounds kind of similar to Modern Vampires of the City and that whole vibe. It sounds similar to Diane Young. Yeah, right. And especially, and like, I, what I like is that it takes a line that was from a verse and makes it a chorus. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And I think that, like, but, but no, I'm not, like, in love with this song. I'm not, like, I don't expect this to be near my favorite, and I hope it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I won't love the album. And I gotta say, one other ding is on Harmony Hall, I... I I think I find the production a little stiff, a little like sure, maybe a little lifeless. It's just like it's too clean. Now this opens up a larger question. It might be too early to ask this question, and this is sort of why I may be subconsciously rooting against these songs. I want to have the discussion of has the music world passed Ezra Koenig and Vampire Weekend behind? I want to have that discussion. Why? Explore why you want to have that I discussion. Just, I love having those discussions. I love that because that's like, this has been an unimpeachable band for a decade now. Yeah. And I think Vampire Weekend is actually a really easy target they are. to be like... That's actually why I'm su such a strident defender of them on most right, things. Right. Because I think they are too easy a target. And they've never really had to... Because the, the argument against that is like, well, their songs are amazing, their albums are amazing, you really can't even bring up anything against them. Well, you could be like, it's not my sound, they're too sure, preppy. Sure, but it's like, you know, it, these are acclaimed albums. Yeah, right. And right. we both and love them. They have a lot of popular Very appeal. popular. I kind of want to live in a world where... Like, we can take some shots at Vampire Week. I think it's time. I think it might be time. This happened with Arcade Fire, too. Yeah. And especially with everything Different now. types of bands, though. They are, but I think they're from the same world of late 2000s, early 2010s, indie rock, just bastions. What, and I think it's fun to tear those people down a little bit. What is, I think, going to be cool to, or interesting to see with Vampire Weekend is, like, they have always been a very trendy band. They right. were always like, even up till Modern Vampires, but especially with the self-titled Contra, they were like a hip, cool, kind of like, easy to latch onto and love. That's what I'm saying now is, is, are they still that? Because they now feel a little passe. They feel like maybe the grandfathers of indie rock now. Yeah, right. Right. I, I don't think that that makes me want the album to be bad. No. I No. And like, look, overall, I want this album to be awesome. Yeah. I'm saying there's that small part of me that 
is making these these thoughts I, and feelings and words come out of my mouth. No, I understand it. I think what it ultimately comes down to for me is like that to me is the more boring narrative actually. Interesting. I think that like if if it passes them by, it's like okay, that happens to every fucking Yeah, that's true. And I just feel like it would be really cool if they came out swinging six years later and they're like, here's this sick album that we were dropping. That's true. And it's not what you thought it would be. And it's like, it's awesome. Did you happen to see the artwork? No, they released... Uh, It's like this globe. It's it's like this drawing of like the globe or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, it it does not follow the same format. Does it have the font and stuff? No, it's different. Bums me out. That's a bummer. I didn't like that. I did not like that. Does it have the Sony music on it? Yeah. Don't love that. I don't like that either. So a couple, you know, dings yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. No more uh, Rostam. No. Rostam actually helped produce this song, though. Yeah. One that, of the two that he worked uh, closely with Ezra on. When so. I heard it was two, I was a little bummed. Thought it would be more. Like two out of 18. It's like, fuck, I thought we were going to get like six. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Like, again, I like I liked the songs like you. I, I wouldn't say that I fell head over heels okay. for either. Okay. Um. Yeah, I did. You expect me to come in saying that I loved them both um, and was like crazy about them? No, because I I think I would have gotten a text or something of you being like, "Hey, like these Vampire Weekend songs are pretty great," and we really only talked about them that first day. Yeah, and all we said was like, "Oh, new Vampire Weekend," you know? Yeah, and I just felt like these are good. They're good. They're, they're fine. Good. They're fine. They're yeah. like they're they're. It's nice to have them back. Sure. And it's like it's basically what I would expect. It feels like a slightly cleaner version of. Yeah, modern vampires. Uh, and uh, side note, we were off with our FOTB uh, guesses. It was not Fall Out Boy. No, nope. it was Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, not uh, fresh off the boat either. Which no, to no. me seemed like a front runner. Yeah, well, Father of the Bride. What are you gonna do? Uh, next hot thought, Jake. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. Uh, new Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst project. We referenced this last week on I think Release Radar. Uh, Better Oblivion Community Center. This is their new band, their new collaboration. Phoebe Bridgers, queen, yas queen of collaborations. Yes. Uh, coming off of Boy Genius last year, working with Connor Oberst. Again, he guested on one of the tracks from Stranger in the Alps. Uh, I think this album is excellent. I really, really like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I've been... I, it's funny, man. It's one of those albums for me that... It, I am able to put it on, and it, it just is kind of like soothing from minute, beginning to end. Even though there are, there, it's not like there's not moments that are a little jarring or like where they come in with something a little more abrasive sounding. It's just like with their two voices and their style of playing, I'm just lulled immediately into a sense of like safety with it. It just yeah. feels it's very much like this is my kind of it's comforting music. It's it, comforting, even though they're like talking about. Like yeah. heart wrenching stuff, but that's like the Phoebe that's Bridgers does comforting. To me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have to say, um, so I put this on. This came out surprisingly last Thursday, so we got a Thursday release rather than a normal Friday release, which was interesting. And that was the same day we got the Vampire Weekend tracks. Right. So Thursday big, last week was like a huge day. Can we? Can I just say really quick yeah. sidebar? Incredible January in music so far. Oh my God, we're spoiled this month. We are like like all this shit. The Beatles thing. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's really really good. So you know, it starts off with "Didn't know what I was in for." I love the sentiment of this song, where Phoebe's just like, 
I did this run for cancer. Didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I'm so proud of myself for like basically helping people. But what she's saying is she's like, I've actually never done anything for anyone. And this is kind of like driving me crazy right now. And they're like, I don't know what I was in for when they took away my belt and strings and like couldn't help those TV refugees. It's like, I can't even help myself, let alone like all this other bad shit that's going on in the world. And I think I texted you that day I was like, Phoebe writes lyrics that are wise beyond her years. Yeah. And she writes them in a way that aren't totally obvious at first. And I think that that first song is a great example where there's so much just below the surface there. But the song itself is just very palatable. And it's like, oh, it's a nice little, you know, like indie folk song with, with a pretty simple harmony between Connor and Phoebe. But at the end of it, it's just like, oh, that packed an emotional punch. And I, I think the first three songs on this album, Didn't Know What I Was In For, Sleepwalking, and Dylan Thomas, are, are amazing. Uh, uh, in particular, Sleepwalking and Dylan Thomas are, are two of my favorites on this album. Yeah, the, um, I was going to pull up the lyrics to Dylan Thomas. Because um, it also, like, interesting name drop to oh have God, as, yeah. like, could you be any more, like, in a folk wheel, wheelhouse? Dude, no, because... Than name dropping Dylan Thomas? Ha- have you heard that uh, Simon and Garfunkel song, uh, I think it's a simple desolatory Philip or yeah, something, yeah, where it's like, and when you say Dylan, do you mean Dylan Thomas? And right. it's like, it's like they're doing a Bob Dylan, like, thing. Oh, yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. it kind of funny, actually, that because Bob Dylan is more famous than Dylan Thomas. Yes. It's interesting that yes. Bob Dylan took his name from Dylan Thomas. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what it's about. I didn't quite that's, what oh. that, that's what the reference is. okay. That's where okay. he got the okay. name, because he was Robert Zimmerman. I, okay. Yeah, and so he, like, he took Dylan from Dylan yep. Thomas, who's a poet Very interesting. Um, the, let me see... Um. Yeah, the lyric when he's like, um, four seasons of revolving doors, so sick of being honest, I'll die like Dylan Thomas, a seizure on the bathroom yeah. floor. I don't totally know what it means, but it always, like, when that one comes yeah. up, I'm always like, ooh, damn. The, a haunting I, image, I, I, for I, sure. I love um, sleepwalking, and that reminds me... So remember when we were talking about Boy Genius, and I fell in love with that, like, Phoebe line about, um, like always was like near a hospital or whatever like like always lived near a hospital or like that whole stretch there's a line on here where she's just like you like beer and chocolate i love setting off those bottle rockets like that has been a line that has just gotten stuck in my head i'm just like your delivery of this and these little details are so interesting to me and just hook me now I, i have to say like as good as this album is and this is removed from that it does feel like part of the acclaim for this album or the reception has to do with, and I'm not saying it takes away from it at all, because it is really, really good. But part of it is like, oh, damn, like she's really getting noticed. She, Connor Oberst yeah. is collaborating with her oh, yeah. on this level. Right. Like it feels like that's part of the, yes. what it has to be part of the conversation. And what's absolutely yes. And what's interesting is it feels like Phoebe is getting the best out of Connor Oberst and not vice versa. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, what is Connor Oberst put out in like the last, I mean, his last record was pretty good. It's that actually got... a brilliant move by him. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like Phoebe is on a hot streak right now. Can do no wrong, basically. I do have to say, like, I, I don't know that this is necessarily as consistently good as Boy Genius or even Stranger no. in the Alps necessarily. Like, I, I think songs like Chesapeake or uh, even Domino's, the last track. Are, there's certain ones where I'm like, I don't feel like listening to it right now, but... You know, it's 10 songs, it's 37 minutes, it's a quick listen, 
And I think there's a couple gems on the back half here, like exception to the rule I think is great. Um, you need an occupation to warrant yes. a vacation. Like, I, I feel that hard. Right, like, I was yeah. like, oh, like, why? you get it. You you totally get it. And then um, Big Black Heart, the end where it goes super heavy. Yes. I love that part too. So really, really good moments on this record. I've, um, I've been liking uh, Forest Lawn. Forest too. Lawn's really good, um, yeah. The, 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 I like that little hook of, I used to sing with a straight face, que sera, sera. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting lyric to me because it feels like, I mean, I think that the title of this album could have been A Loss of Innocence or something. Like, I feel like that's like the biggest theme of the songwriting going on yeah. here. It's like, but that's sort of what that lyric screams to me. And it, it, it's a nice little sort of lilty, folky hook that, that, that gets repeated throughout the song. It does. And, and what I like about this album is, so Phoebe Bridgers is, she's like a year younger than us or something, right? Like Maybe a couple. Maybe yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. It feels like Phoebe is making some realizations that we're also making around the same time. Maybe she's a little more mature in that way where she's doing it when she's 24 compared to 26, whatever. But it also feels like Connor Oberst is a guy who has maybe made some of these realizations younger in life and is still dealing with what that all means as uh you know getting into his 40s now and this pairing of the two of them i think is really refreshing to have the younger perspective of phoebe mixed with kind of this world weary perspective that connor brings and i'm loving i'm loving that combination i i have been to quick trivia here sean because i didn't know how old would you guess connor oberst is 41 38. So pretty close. Okay, okay, 38. Okay. Younger than I thought. I was okay. going to guess in his little younger as than well. I thought too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. But yeah, so that's a big one. Uh That was a nice surprise. Yeah, yeah. Really really nice surprise. How about this next one though, Jake? Yeah, this, How about this? We got the uh Weezer dropping a surprise album of covers, the Teal album. Now, before we dive into the actual content of the album, we have a like a sort of an anecdote to tell. So we Yeah, this is weird. When we're doing the podcast, we read off of a Word doc um, I'm sure that's how a lot of podcasts do it. They were both just scrolling through the same Google Doc. Um, and so in Google, when I typed Weezer Teal album, Teal, a word that is easy to spell. Pretty simple. It's T-E-A-L. Four, and, you know, four letters. Yeah. Got the little red underscore that indicates, hey, you've misspelled this word. So I was like, at first I like minimized the window and I was like, wait, why is it telling me that? Because it, it, it gets in the back of your head. And so I looked. And I think it was you that said, was that because it thinks it's the Blue album? Because if you look at when I did the right click, it was like, did you mean Blue? And I was like, why would the misspelling thing correct Teal to Blue? It's like they're not even quite synonyms. No. They're like parts of the, they're kinds right. of the same color. And then you made the point that it's probably because of... Like the Blue album so ubiquitous and famous that just machine learning at this point is just like, oh, Weezer Blue Album. So we tested this. We went a couple lines down without the context of Weezer, typed Teal, no red yep. underscore, no misspelling, typed Teal Album, no misspelling, added Weezer in front of it, and it immediately gave a red underline so weird. indicating it was spelled wrong. So Google has learned that Weezer Blue Album is searched enough and is represented enough like pages or whatever in SEO or God That's knows so what. fucking weird, man. That, I don't like that. I don't like it either. That it just it assumes 
that I've made a mistake because, oh, there's no Teal album. You meant the Blue album. Well, you know what, though? You're still one step ahead of the machine because you're like, joke's on you, Google. Teal yep. album came out on Friday. How about you get your shit updated? Yeah, it'll learn soon. But it was, at it, any, any rate, um, a, an interesting thing. Kind of weird. Try uh, it yourself. Try it in Google You know Box. what? It, it's pretty uh, apropos because I think this album is pretty weird in a pretty like interesting thing. It like, is. The, the choice of cover songs that they did here. So... Let's be honest. This is a marketing stunt by Weezer. Of course, yeah. This leaves not the best taste in my mouth of like, they had success last year with the Africa cover. It yep. went viral. Their thinking is, oh, we have the Black album coming out later this year, which is new original songs. How about we piggyback off of that Africa success and we do similar types of cover songs like everybody wants to rule the world. Sweet dreams are made of these. Th- th- sweet dreams are made of this. That's actually what it's called. I always thought it was these. That's how she sings it. But it's it's this. Wild. Take on me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think certain covers on here are better than others, or I care more about them. I have been listening to Everybody Wants to Rule the World a lot. Yeah. Because I just love that song to begin with, and I think their cover is really good. Some of these other ones, though. I'm not really yeah. here for. I don't care about no scrubs. I think the Billie Jean covers okay, not necessary. Um, I like Mr. Blue Sky because I love that mm-hmm. song. I think the Paranoid cover is cool. I think it's that song's... cool. It's one of my least favorites because you don't have Rivers singing it. Yeah, and so I'm true. just like, I don't care about like your bass player singing but Paranoid. True. Fair, but I get that. Um, I, I think Africa is still great. Yeah, um, and I, I agree with everybody who wants to rule the world. That song is sick, and yes. their cover is great. Here's the thing though with Weezer is I feel like they have been steering into the skid of think peace culture on them for so long that I'm I am so past fucking caring about people being like Weezer sucks. Well, that's the that's the pitchfork uh, party line is oh I didn't think Weezer could get worse and then they put this out. I, that's a tired take and it, it's it's fucking annoying because like okay say it's marketing and maybe a lot of maybe some of it is yes a marketing ploy. It's also like you know what Weezer. <clears throat> is one of the tightest rock bands there is. Oh, and, yeah. and, yep. and Rivers is a really talented musician. He's Undeniable. Like, you know what I'm going to do? He's like, I can toss off this cover of this album of covers, do all of them justice in their own way, and like basically nail them. These are like note for note perfect recreations. Is that what you want from a cover though? I don't, I think from Weezer, yes, because okay. that's what they do well. Okay. Like when I've seen them, when I saw them at Boston Calling, they did covers and they did yeah. that really well. I feel like with Weezer, weirdly, it's like, it, it's part of that like Rivers Cuomo like savant computer brain. Right. Where I'm like, of course this is what we're going to get from him. Right. Like, and they do their like chunky Weezer guitars yeah. during the chorus and that's cool. Like in yeah. like with, um, I think it's uh, was it Take on Me or is it no uh, Happy Together, which is one of my favorite yeah. covers on the whole thing. Um, they do the chorus at half half time. They do like a yeah. they slow down the beat, which is a very Weezer sort of like grungy type of thing to do. So I actually like I don't love this album. I'm not listening to it every day. It doesn't mean that much to me. But I was like at worst like a little cynical about it. But at best I was like entertained by this. That's I I think that's where I end up too. They have me all turned around here and like when they. When they're zigging, I think they're zagging and vice versa. That's like, the thing is like... I don't know what to make of them anymore because I thought Pacific Daydream sucked. I thought White Album was really good. White Album was great. And like, I don't know what to think of these guys. Well, and that's what... like I Specifically think, Rivers. I think they're railing against is they're just like... 
they understand the narrative written about them. Rivers yeah. is a smart guy, and he's just like, "Fuck you guys! Yeah, I'm true. gonna just do whatever the fuck I want. True. I'm gonna have a billion fans. Yeah, I'm gonna make a shit ton of money. Yeah, and I'm gonna make these rock songs that rip. If you don't like them, like, who gives a shit? Like, because a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, people, if if you don't like my cover of Billie Jean, like, the next person to your right will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you don't like the cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World, that person will. Like, right, they, right. they're gonna find their audience. That's and, fair. Like, I'm not even disagreeing with you, but yeah. I just am saying like. With the the Weezer sucks or we like I I feel like Weezer frustrates people more. They do, yeah. Than I think is warranted. I like, I agree. I think that's the thing. It's like don't think too hard about Weezer. They're doing don't, their, just don't think too hard. They're doing their thing, and people like especially music writers they get so up their own ass yeah, where they're like, whoa, yeah. we it's, or podcasters. It's like, Right, it's like Weezer's not doing this to you, dude. <laughs> right, 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 right. If you don't like their covers, don't listen to No Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? No, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a at the very least, it's fun. Yeah. Like for example, we all got together last weekend. We were hanging out as friends. I feel like as time has gone on, we don't really do like the oh shit, this new album just came out. Let's all no. listen to it well, because thing anymore. A lot of people have lost interest. A lot of people have stopped that. listening to new music. So I I don't really try with that anymore unless it's something that I know like yep. I I think is worth it to like yeah. push on people. This wasn't even a question. It got put on, you know? Yeah. Like so in that way it was it was cool. It was refreshing. Be like, oh like this came out today. The other thing I appreciated appreciated about it is it got you to talking about other artists too. Yeah, exactly. Because it was cool to hear Happy Together. It's like, oh that's the, the Turtles, man. Right, like right. And then or was it the Turtles? Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right. Um and then like, you know, like Paranoid, you you went on a kind of a little sabotage. So I listened to the album Paranoid, which I had somehow never listened to in full it's great. before. It's amazing. Off your recommendation, I listened to uh, Volume Four. Four, even better, dude. The, I I I'm blown away by that album, dude. How sick is the riff to Supernaut? Whoa, yeah, dude. It's one of my favorite guitar riffs of all time. Like that album, I've been meaning to go back since I listened to it. I somehow haven't, but so good, dude. And I, I don't think it gets talked about enough, like how singular a voice Ozzy Osbourne has, like right up there with Robert Plant, because Ozzy became. A parody of himself. It's really too bad. And like, it became a pop culture thing. And so, if you mention to people like Ozzy Osbourne has a great voice, people are like, "What are you talking about?" But it's yeah. like, dude, listen to his fucking music. Who sings like Ozzy? Oh my god, he has this unbelievably like his voice cuts through yep. the music like in a way that it's on a different frequency yeah. or something. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, that that sparked a little Black Sabbath run for me, which, which is great. which is great. So. Yeah, let's um let's wrap up Hot Thoughts Jake with this new Fiddler album. Fiddler. Fuck it dog, life's a risk. Uh what what's this album called by the way? Um Wasted something? Oh boy, I forget. Ooh, not a not a great sign for This uh, comes down to preparedness. Preparedness is always the name of the game. Well, Jake. It's the th- always the name of the game. Almost free. Almost free. So you you're you're retrieving the title there. So like I, I gotta say, like, um I, I'm enjoying this album. I've never listened to Fiddler before. Um I had no idea what to expect. I, I'm, I'll give you some context and background here. Go Because I, I have. Okay. Um, that sounded so, so fucking pretentious. Yeah, I have listened before, no, that, Jake, so let me, let no, me that, school you That here. totally works. That makes sense. No. Okay. Their first album came out in 2012, self-titled. Yeah. And this was like an L.A. punk album. This came out at a time where... Like lot a lot of indie rock and a lot of LA bands were doing like dream pop kind of more pretentious stuff, and they came out with songs called like Cheap Beer, Stoked and Broke, No Waves, like things like that. And they were just like straight ahead rock songs, and they got 
a lot of popularity. I think they kind of fell in with like the Japan droids, um, soon to turn into like beach slang, pop kind of just like that type of music. And I think with their next one, which I didn't listen to, which came out in 2015 called Two, it was like, okay, this isn't as good as that first one. And I, I, so what I'm seeing as the reception from a lot of their longtime fans of this new one is that this album sucks. Really, they think they are so. not happy with it. Um, now, me being somebody who's been removed from being like a real fan, I've only tangentially listened to them. I have to say, like, there's some good songs on here. There's some cool stuff happening. I, I think there's some other stuff where I'm just like, no, this isn't for me, or like, I'm not really gonna go back. I don't think this is awful. This is a perfectly fine rock album. You yeah, know? like, so and I think that context is important actually because I think that if it, if it weren't established, what I'm going to say would sound like a contrarian take. Yeah. But I have no context for this band. I, For all I knew, this was representative of their catalog. Yeah. I checked it out, and I'd say for sure it's not what I something I would necessarily think I would like, yeah. and it's for sure not what I expected, but I like it. I don't love every single song. Right. But like, I, I think that even songs like Get Off My Rock, that first song... I think that is like the... You know I'm not a Beastie Boys guy. I think that's an awful Beastie Boys like ripoff, and that's saying something. It reminds me of like... Not even just yeah, Beastie Boys for sure, but like that harmonica that's in yeah. there. It reminds me of like something Beck would have done, yeah. mixed with like a, like a I don't know, like it, it brings in like the Zeppelin yeah, reference Levy, there a little bit. Breaks. Yeah, that was my favorite part was the harmonica. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's like, the I thing. Like that. It's like and on each of these songs, can't you see is one of my favorites on there. Um, I like by myself. I like alcohol. Um, for, yeah, like that, that, that can be a, <laughs> a sound bite. <laughs> I, I like by myself. I like alcohol. <laughs> True enough. And like, so I've listened to it twice now, and I, there have been highlights where I feel like I'm like, this is an interesting band because it feels to me like they're just trying whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And 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 I can see why that would be alienating to fans who have really latched on to what they uh, think this yeah. band is. Yeah. Um. But I I think it's kind of cool. Like and, and like not everything they try. Am I like oh I, like I love right. that? Some of it is with a cringe where I'm like sure. oh like I shouldn't like that as much as I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. maybe like it's in poor taste or it's not cool to be playing a song like this. Yeah. But I gotta say like there's some interesting hooks on here. There's some. It, it does meld sort of like punk with like pop in a lot of places yeah. Oh, yeah. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. like some like reggae kind of influence yep. and yep. like rap influence yep. um i don't know totally what to make of it all i know is that in an unfiltered way and coming in clean i like it i think it's yeah cool. it, it, like you know i've listened twice now and i'm like okay i get what this is about you know maybe there's a couple songs here or there that i'll go back to there's been too much other really good stuff that has yeah. come out this year already for me to spend a ton of time on it so i'm just kind of like okay that was an interesting little exploration that happened and you know I'll, I'll go from there i do want to quickly quickly bring up um this don richard album jake yeah, yeah, yeah. i know it's not in the agenda it's no, called that's okay. it's called new breed um it, it's like this experimental pop r&b slash rap album and it's, i gave it a listen it's only 10 10 songs 32 minutes uh don richard i think is from new orleans um I don't know that much about her, but I have to say, I think this album's really cool. I think there's some interesting stuff happening here, on in particular on the, the titular track, New Breed. I think that song's awesome. I think there's a couple songs towards the end, Vultures, Wolves, We Diamonds, that are really, really cool. This is not what I necessarily expected. Um, I, I, again, I think 
<laughs> this might be the only time Fiddler and Don Richard are compared. I That's the magic of Hot Thoughts. I, it is. I think both these albums are uneven with some interesting moments and some diamond-in-the-rough moments. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to shout that out as something that, like, has been on both of our radar that is worth listening to if that type of vibe sounds interesting to people. It's like this experimental pop R&B record um, from someone who I believe, from, like I said, from New Orleans, I think is like part Native American, part black, something like that. Um, so really interesting, just interesting album. It's another little interesting detour in the already rich tapestry of 2019 music. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, we're off to a hot, hot start. Is this going to be one of my favorite albums? Is Fiddler going to be one of your favorite albums? Probably yes. not. <laughs> Probably not. But these are interesting. Even the ones that are sort of misses are like hits, you know? Like yeah. in a way. Because this is this is an album that if this came out last year around this time, I'd be listening to it like probably a lot just because nothing else was out. You know? Yeah, and I, I have to go back to the Don Richard one. Honestly. You should. You I, should. I, I barely a, remember it's a, it's a quick listen. But I liked very, it when I listened to it. Very quick listen. So yeah, that, that's on uh, the radar as well. Speaking of radars, Jake. Oh, well done. Release radar. Yeah. We're already into February of 2019. We have 11 months left in the decade. That's crazy. That's crazy. This, and of course, it, no re, no wonder it goes so fast. Months aren't that long. They're not. There's only 12 not. of them in a year. They're only like a few weeks. And weeks are only seven days. Like, basically the year is like seven days. Right, essentially. So, yeah, that's how it feels. Release radar for February 1st. We have a couple interesting ones here. One of them, Jake, Stereo Gum named their album of the week. Girl Pool with their album, their new one, called What Chaos is Imaginary. A cool album name, I have to say. Now, we listened to Girl Pool, their debut back in, was it 2017 now? Um, I think it was. Yeah, I think, I think it, was. It, was. it was. two years ago, yeah. Um, I have to say, I've listened to a couple of the singles from this. Sounds like they took a leap here. Really? This stuff sounds much more interesting than, I liked that album that came out before. I liked their, their, their last one. It was pretty good. This sounds like it's on a. It's like taking a leap. I'm excited for this one. I'm gonna have to check it out. The other one is a new Beirut album uh, called Gallipoli. Gallipoli, yeah, Gallipoli. Yeah. Are you a Beirut guy? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, you know, like I don't like him as much as some others or, or some other people, even in our friend group. I never um, took the time to get into Beirut. I listened to the Riptide, and I listened to one of his other ones that I'm blanking on right now. I he's fine. He's good. He's good. Not great. Um, I can't say I'm like like waiting with bated breath for this album, but we, I'll check it out. We do have a little contingent in the friend group of Beirut of Beirut. Yeah, you know what I think lovers. it is is those people got into them or him in high school, and I, I think it just kind of stuck with them. Yeah, and they are like, ooh, Beirut's like a band that matters, and it's like not really. Well, it depends if they matter to you. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But I, I think, yeah, they're, they're, it's a weirdly more popular than what you'd think yeah. for our, our friend group. I just so. never took the time. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I like a handful of Beirut songs for sure. So nice. I'll check it out. Uh, but I'm, much, I'm, I'm very excited for this Girl Pool album. I think that'll be good stuff. So that's what's on the radar this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Jake? Um... I guess go Patriots. Go Patriots. That's right. That's, That's right. That. Yep. All right. Sounds good. See you next week. Thanks, everybody.
we're on. Um, Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl yeah. week. Again. Yep. Um, Third year in a row. Four out of five. Nine out of 18. We haven't had a non-Patriots Super Bowl since we were in our early 20s. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm bored. I don't... I don't... This has been the case for the last two years. I don't care about the lead-up anymore. I'm just like, get me to the game. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I still do care about the game. I do, as, too. As but I'm as talking a... about, like, there used to be all sorts of pomp and circumstance with the lead-up, and that was almost as much fun as, like, the actual game. And there was it's... so much anticipation. I don't give a fuck anymore. I, f- I feel like Belichick. That's just a distraction. Yeah. That's like 100%. We don't, we don't need the story Dude, we've been, like, brainwashed by Belichick in the, the Patriot way. We have. It's fucked up. Um... Media day, I don't care about. No, it's like whatever. It's fine. No. I, I'm. A, it's nice. Like I feel like when your team makes it, when the Patriots make it, I'm like relieved. I don't have to care for a few days in the first week. Then when I hit that weekend, I'm like, kind of wish the Super Bowl was on tomorrow. See, I have I I've transcended that feeling. I've yeah. been like, whatever. Like yeah. another week. Uh, okay. Like we've. This is my normal. This is the new normal, Jake. Yeah, and it just it is nice to. In that week, not have to worry about it and not have to even consider, like, where am I going to go to watch it? What am I going to do to, like... Yeah. It's just, like, I that's just true. have a Sunday. I, d- I did like that. I did yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a nice... Yeah. It's sort of a a plus, you know, But I am looking forward to getting together with everybody. And more than anything now, what I look forward to with the Patriots isn't so much, like, oh, are they going to win? It's more just, like, hey, it's this is a nice, like, everyone cares about this game and, like, is getting together, you know? And, like... What kind of crazy shit's it gonna be this time? Because you know it will. Yeah, you know it will. I get, I get this little bit of like as the I'm watching the first quarter, second quarter, right before I get to the game, I get like a little yeah, these little bit of butterflies yeah. where I'm like, oh, like I'm gonna I'm I'm getting some adrenaline. I'm gonna need it for later. He's, yeah, because you always do. <laughs> you're, you're stealing yourself. Yeah, you always do. And it's like no matter the game, like. Even the Falcons, it's like, fuck, they lost. This sucks. But it's like, no, they didn't. They didn't. And then with the Chiefs, it's like, hey, it looks like they're going to win. It's like, oh, maybe not. not. But they did. Yep. So that's just our life now. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I can't say I'm getting like too up or down for it. It's just like, I know what the game's going to be at this point. It's like... It's like how Brady and Belichick are like, you know, you know, we we prepare differently for this game. We know what the energy is going to be. You know, we block out all the noise. That's me as a fan. I me block too. out all the noise. Just get me to the game. Get me to Sunday. You me know? too. Like I run out. Of, you run out of things to like say to people. You do. Yeah. yeah. I'm just regurgitating the same takes I had last year. Or I'm just like, yeah. And the year before. Yeah. Or I'm just like the year before maybe a little different because yeah. it was like it, it felt like wow, can't believe they did it for a second time in right. this generation. Yeah. True. Now it's just like fuck, dude. They've done it four times in the last five years. Like it's more, it's more exceptional if they don't. What's your pick? I think the Pats are going to win. I think so too. And I know Madden. Give me a score. Uh, okay, I, I think it'll be, um, like, I'm going to say thirty-four twenty-eight. I'm going to go thirty-four thirty-one Patriots. Thirty-four thirty-one. Yeah. Madden had it at Rams thirty to twenty seven. Okay. Madden has picked ten of the last fifteen correctly. That's not that great. No, it's not because they picked. Didn't they have the Pats winning last year? Probably. Yeah. I don't remember. And the thing is, is like, I don't know. I just like, kind of feel good about it. It's like the the. Uh, although the Rams do have the recipe to beat Brady, they have like the really stout front yeah, on do. defense. Yeah. Pretty bad secondary though. 
Like Talib yeah. is good, but like I feel like they got picked don't they have Marcus Peters? Isn't he good? But I feel like they got picked apart this year. Like they had te- yeah. games where they got shredded, dude. Well, that's the NFL now. Like even if you have a great secondary, like people are gonna move the ball. It's not right. like Revis Island, dude. You know. Like, it's like, but if they can, like if Aaron Donald and Sue, like they'll probably hit Brady throughout the game. Yeah. And like I'm not gonna love that, but no. at the same time, like I I kind of like the recipe of like. I just feel like maybe we can fucking get to Goff. I feel like he's not impossible to I'm fuck not. With. So I said this last year about Foles. I was like, I'm not worried about Nick Foles. And then he slings his big dick Nick all over the field. I am not afraid of Jared Goff. He'll probably do the same thing. He's like pretty good, man. He's like He's not- good. He's good. I'm not like... It's not like we're going up against fucking Peyton Manning Aaron here, Rogers. or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees. I'd be terrified of those guys. Yeah, when when I know that the Pats are playing quarterback like that, like what was the most scared you felt for any of these Super Bowls? For me, it was the Seahawks. Because uh, when they were going to play the Seahawks in in 2014, they were coming off both those Giants losses. I wanted it more than ever before, and the Seahawks yeah. were like they looked like they were a budding dynasty. Yeah, and I was like. I we like broke them that game, which I love. Me too. Uh, and I, I it also, was the Seahawks. I was most afraid of them. Well, because I was just like, oh, they're gonna lose this. Yeah, for sure. I was like, this. I that really defense thought was so good. Yeah, going into it, I really thought they were flat out better. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Pat, that was such a good game. Yeah, it was such a good game. Yeah, it was. It really, really was. Uh, yeah, I was most afraid of them. Um, you know, haven't really been afraid of the last three teams, necessarily. No, I but... felt like we could have won any of those. You know what I don't like, too, really quick? You know when the curse catch happened? Yeah. Luckily, the Pats won that game anyways. I don't love it when people lump the Manningham catch in with those catches. I do. I do that. I am a... Everyone does it. I am a Manningham catch is actually more impressive than people think it's the the most impressive of them which is almost why it doesn't fit in those because those three catches those two catches Tyree the least impressive is Curse because Curse it was a total fucking fluke yeah it just fell in his lap after Malcolm Butler made made a good great play on the ball Tyree a lot of focus but 99 times out of 100 that slips off your helmet yeah like Manningham, it was like very impressive and a crazy play. Yeah. But like that play happens in the NFL. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't so insane. Yeah, that's a, okay. So I see from your perspective, you're saying like those other two were just sheer dumb luck. This one was like a it's, great just play. It's, it's one of those ones where if you're the team rooting against it, it breaks your fucking back, yeah. but you're like, what can you do? Yeah, you're like, they made a fucking play. They made yeah, an incredible yeah, 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 play. Yeah, yeah. I it, see, I see. Yeah. And, but like with, with Curse and with. Uh, Tyree at the time it was like well, okay we're clearly what the fuck fucked. yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah totally, this, that, totally. like how can that happen? I know it's, what you mean like because with bo- especially with Curse it's like that is essentially not fair <laughs> I know I know and, when, and in the moment we're like oh it just it happened again what the fuck yeah dude. you know so yeah uh, I do think Pat's Pat's roll in this one no they don't roll it's a close game because they're they we can't not be in a just nail biter of a fucking Super Bowl I know. It, Maybe they buck that trend, or maybe the Rams. Ninth times the charm will blow them out. Maybe the Rams just blow them out. Pats don't really get blown out. That's the thing. I say that now, but they almost did. Yeah. Well, but the thing was, is like in that game, they won that game. I know. (laughs) They they didn't even. They didn't even just make it close. They won the fucking game. I know it's crazy. (laughs) And the thing with that game too is like, I remember thinking like when they cut it to twenty-eight nine, I was like, well. It's not that many scores. No. It's still the third quarter. Yeah. Like, this team can turn it around. Yeah. Crazy. It is. It absolutely is. It's a lot of fun. It's just like, it's this tradition, man. It's an annual tradition now. <laughs> yeah. 
It, uh, dude, we've been to the Super Bowl more times than we haven't this century. Yeah, and like like since I started watching football, it's like yep. it you could it's not it doesn't play out this way, but it could essentially be every other year. Yeah, that's it's enough to yep, be that because it it's nine since oh one. Yep, that's right. So, so it is. I think it's even more technically since like oh two. Right, that's what I'm Weird. saying. So like, like, if you take it just Super Bowl years, go yeah. 02 to to nineteen to nineteen. That's seventeen years, and they've been to nine, nine. which is more than half. Yep. Exactly. Which is nuts. Very impressive. Well. Uh, yeah. Well, sports have been ruined for me as a result, but what are you going to well, do? Well, like in some ways life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because it, like, it does contribute to my feeling of like nothing's real, things are a hologram because my life's too right. easy. And the thing exactly. I want to happen just does. Right. Not true in every case. But, but that is also an accurate re- reflection of our lives because we've had just enough adversity three Super Bowl losses to mm-hmm. be like, well, you know, it's not stacked in our favor entirely. Yeah. But we've had so much success in the face of that that it's like, okay, well, it's just enough to be believable. You know what's funny, dude, is like, I think honestly, if they didn't win it at the last second again, I wouldn't get a rush. Oh, no. No, if no, no, they, I know. If they win this game 28 to 14... 31 to 14. It's the worst Super Bowl. I would just be like, I'd be bored the entire time. I would be excited. I'd be happy it happened. But it's like, when you think about the feeling I am like, that I expect from the Super Bowl now is I expect like more times than not, it'll be a crazy good game. I'm going to get super excited, super nervous. And then the release will be positive. Right. Because they're going to win. Oh, we're going to release. And then then last year, not the case. Let me ask you this, Jake. What has had a bigger effect on your psyche Growing up, okay, is it 9-11, the Patriots' insane run of success, Wow, or uh, religion? Holy shit, man. <laughs> um, you know, weirdly enough, I'm going to put religion third. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I think you're underestimating that, actually. Because th- you know, like, we went to Catholic school, man. I know. I think that at home I had a little more of a lenient thing going okay, on yeah. where I kind of could always check and balance it a little bit. Yep. But it's up there. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... Because <laughs> they're kind of like closely tied. Yeah, I'm going to go Patriots second, 9-11 first. <laughs> okay. Because okay. 9-11 is like... It's it's outside sports too. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it's just... It, it affected like global politics and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, yeah. I'm actually going to put the Patriots last. Okay. But... Um... I put them ahead of religion. I am not. I am not. I am not. They're more... That's an irresponsible... Well, no, I can't speak for you. For me, that would be an irresponsible pick. The mythology of the Patriots as a kid was like more important or just as important Dude, to you me want to talk as, mythology? As religion. I'm How saying, about the fucking Holy Bible? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like I believed in the myth of like the Patriots' greatness more than I ever really believed in... <laughs> in Jesus Christ himself. In God. It's like, hey, at least, at oh least, at least they like have done something this millennium. <laughs> this is a what have you done for me league, right? It's like, hey, Brady has been league. to nine Super Bowls. Jesus has been out of the fucking out of commission <laughs> for a millennia. He's been on IR for t- two thousand years for two millennia, and it's like, dude, like, come back already. Like, what are you afraid of? <laughs> and like, if it were sports, like sports talking head, they'd be, like, you know, I think he's scared. He sees these young buck messiahs. He can't hang today, and he knows that. It's a different pop game. pop music came. Like, the Beatles were here. It's like, a different he game he, now. He doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> that is uh, only a conversation we could have in, ma- in the pre-show after show. 
<laughs> yeah. Ranking the, the effects of 9-11, the Beatles. No, 9-11, religion, and the Patriots. Uh, that's great stuff. Patriots roll. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's start the show, Jake. What if, ready? really quick, what if we were really non-ironic, like, go Pats, guys? <laughs> you mean if we were liking every single Patriots Instagram like that? Yeah, like that. Or oh, okay, okay. Like, if we, yeah, if we were just, like, insanely gung Tom Brady goat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's annoying. That kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, also, know, I'm not... I don't know anybody. Re- like last that. thing, I'm not too young to remember when goat meant scapegoat. And was a bad thing. Yeah, that... Was has, a thing within our lifetime. That has flipped in real time. Yeah. <laughs> Like over the last five years, that's that is flipped. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was. So <laughs> that is it's true. That's why. Uh, okay, let's dive in. Let's dive in here. Uh, three, two, one. 